0: Welcome to
1: Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me for our weekly Texans post game is Sports Radio 610. Sean Bajani will be doing this weekly all season, so make sure to hit subscribe on YouTube. We're going to put this out there as soon as we can with Sean working the locker room for Sports Radio 610 during home games, so sometimes it's going to be a little bit tricky, but you people are getting a combined 40-plus years in sports journalism between us and well, over 30 in the Houston market were passionate fans. We're gonna give you passion but an objective view. So hang on to your seats. And Sean, I was having Rosencopter flashbacks in the fourth quarter. Same opponent, same fourth quarter meltdown.
0: Yeah, Rosencopter. Uh maybe I was thinking of Rosencopter in the play and it was like, well, we didn't have anything like that like similar to the play, but in terms of like the utter collapse, oh my gosh. I mean. I watched a lot of college football this weekend, and I just saw teams just throw games away, uh, like the University of Houston Cougars, unfortunately. You know, were one of those uh, teams that just made me want to rip my eyeballs out. But the Texans and Colts basically did everything they possibly could to give the game to each other in Blankenship. I mean, how many favors does a guy need to give you? <laughs> and you can't take advantage of two kickoffs out of bounds and a shank field goal. I mean, It it was just unbelievable, but I have to say, regardless of all of the mistakes, and there were plenty uh, made by the Texans today, I walked away still feeling like I just got done watching a very well-organized, disciplined team, especially offensively, um, when I use those words to describe um, discipline and well-organized defensively I would say the same thing I maybe would also use a little bit of the word underwhelmed but I think we have a lot of potential here for a an entertaining uh, football team this season I think they're going to be in some games I think they're going to become competitive Um, that's where I'll leave it for right now
1: yeah and I would say I agree with you about the team overall but I would say that for about three and a half quarters. And then we're going to get into what happened after that. And the Rosencopter 10 points with four minutes left. This was 14 points with nine minutes. And yeah, there wasn't that play, but there was a key play that was, you know, similar to how everything changed with the Rosencopter play. And I'll I'll get to that one down the line, but I just want to remind everybody subscribe, like and comment on YouTube once again, and I'll buy everybody a car who subscribes. Uh, Sean's plans to bankroll me with that. All right, let's get to the action, Sean. And I'd like to go, possession by possession, because NFL possessions, very valuable. First first Colts offensive possession, three and out, Jalen Petrie involved with with two tackles. I'm going to come back to Petrie thoughts a little bit later, but first Texans offensive possession, because I want to ask you about this one. Three and out, Brandon Cooks, he couldn't handle a Mills pass on third down, right through his hands. Mills zipped it in there with defenders around. You know, if you're an NFL quarterback, I mean – I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, an NFL receiver. I feel like that's a play you got to make with, with it going right through your hands.
0: It's a play that Brandon Cooks has made routinely though. And he did make some of those plays in this game. Um, I, you know, I excuse some of that stuff away because it is early. Um, and Cooks is a guy who's coming off of a career high 90 catches last season. I think he's probably going to set a new career high this season with 95 plus. That's just kind of the way that I see it breaking down. He's their one legitimate guy you can count on um and I, it's not to say that it's going to be that way all season long i just think he's that good he creates that much separation he'll get his that's early on i kind of excuse that
1: away a little bit all right the colts drive down for a field goal but after two drives jonathan taylor seven carries 18 yards so far so good with him the texans tackling though all game long and, I, and i'm going to talk about it right now sean that impressed me especially First game for Lovie Smith, first game of the regular season. You know, they don't do a lot of tackling, as you know, like they used to, and and camp and practice and all that stuff. So that, for me, was a big deal because we've seen Texans teams that had issues with tackling. The
0: physicality is impressive because you do not see any tackling done in training camp practices, at least not that the media is allowed to stick around and see. Um, well, you know, training camp we see the whole practice, but in terms of like practices in season, we get to watch the first 30 minutes, which isn't much. There's no physicality going on, as physical as NFL teams are. Into this, you know, specifically the Texans, you don't get to see it unless it's in red zone and in two minutes, and that's about the last 15 to 20 minutes of a practice in training camp. Probably a little similar to that during the regular season. Tackling's not a thing, and I'm really impressed. By this team defensively today with what I saw. Um, I'll put an exclamation point on just your sentiment there. I was pretty happy with what I saw tackling-wise. You're not going to pitch a perfect game in anything. It's football. There's a lot that can go want wrong, and it did go wrong today for the Texans in, in some respects, but, man, Jalen Petrie looks like a guy that, if there are some missed tackles, that dude's going to be around to clean a lot up, but between Okoronkwo and four. Um, Jerry Hughes, Malik Collins. I mean, you name it. Anybody that played on that front seven, that front line today, I mean, really did a nice job. Um, When there was contact, there wasn't, you know, very much need for a lot of cleanup on aisle seven, if you will. I mean, when they made contact, they put the guy
1: on the ground. Yeah, Petrie, I want to see him get bigger and stronger because I feel like he gets uh, a little bit run over and a guy gets two or three extra yards on him. I think that's going to happen as he matures. But he's there. That's the first part. And he's trying. Sometimes I think he tackles a little bit too much with his shoulders and not enough with his arms. But, you know, again, he'll get used to that in the NFL. Uh, Texans second possession, three and out. Chris Conley drops a third down pass. Mills needed to be more accurate. It was at his feet. But again, NFL receivers got to make that catch. It's on the hands. I'm going to skip to the next possession, uh, Sean, for for the Colts because they drive it down. Jonathan Taylor starts to have a huge hole, but on fourth and goal at the two. The Colts go for it. Thank you, Frank Reich. He's done this and helped us out before in these situations. They faked the handoff to Taylor. I-, I thought it was a terrible play call, and Grenard was all over this play. He swallows up hides in the backfield. J- J- Jonathan Taylor is the guy, right? <laughs> fourth and two if you're going to hand it off. Yeah, I was uh, really surprised
0: that they went for it. They actually kind of did a double take because it, I, I, fourth down was not computing in my mind. You know, I was like, oh, it's third down. Like, sure, whatever, then Like, wait, the Texans have the ball. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe that that happened. Like, am I believing my eyes? It's that early in the ball game. Take the points. Put them on the board. You know, it, it was almost like all game long, Robert, Frank Reich was telling the Texans, we don't respect an ounce of you. We don't respect you at all. And not that they should. But he was certainly pulling no punches, and I thought that was one. And look, it came back, and it it, it bit him in the it, it bit him in the hand. Um, they found themselves down twenty to three eventually, but and you know, in a tie for the result, I just thought we saw that routinely all game long. No respect, and unfortunately, the Texans couldn't make him pay.
1: Well, they do drive down for a field goal. Davis Mills' accuracy hit and miss in the preseason. That drive kind of epitomized it, but they got the field goal. Damian Pierce. Didn't get a carry in the drive. Only two carries on three possessions. That's a huge story. I want to save my Pierce thoughts for later. Sean, we're going to come back to him. But Colt's fourth possession. The Sugarland Fort Bend Austin High School product. Jerry Hughes. Oh, with an interception. His first game as a Texan in his city. Shows off his experience. Reads the screen perfectly. Nice juggling catch. Great story locally, Sean, too. A
0: hundred percent. And, you know, being in the locker room after this game, uh, something stood out to me. And I think it was actually Jonathan Grenard um, who was asked. I can't remember if I asked him the question or somebody else, Um, but it was somebody else. If if, whether Matt Ryan and Frank Reich's experience helped them in this game. And he said, absolutely. You know, to the contrary, like I think Jerry Hughes and his experience, 13 years in the league, Um, and having seen plenty of Matt Ryan over the years, um, I think his experience helped him understand, you know, where to be. One thing I'll say in particular, though, we we can always attribute plays like that to, you know, maybe experience, um, you know, being an advantage. I've felt this way really around midway through training camp, and I noticed it more and more as the preseason went along, and now that we're into the regular season, whereas – I like this Lovey Smith defense with all of the athletes that they have. Sure, it's a good mix of young and older, you know, and veteran players like Hughes and Collins, uh, just to name a couple. But I think it comp they they complement each other. Lovey Smith is able to utilize these athletes, guys that can go sideline to sideline and put them in a position to make plays. And I thought that's exactly what happened with Hughes on that play. We saw it a number of times in this game as well with Steven Nelson, with Jalen Petrie, uh, with Kamu Grugier-Hill, just being in the right area to make a play. It's not as if you always know what's coming. It's just that you trust your defense, and they talked about it so much. You trust your fundamentals defensively, uh, Miles Smith actually talked about it a number of times in his um, uh, availability with us a couple of days ago uh, ahead of this game. And, you know, I, I, I took a lot of it as like coach speak, but it really
1: proved, uh, you know, true today. You could see that if you really watch this game intently. Mm, that leads to Chris Moore drawing a pass interference to get in the red zone. Kind of tricky uh, penalty. Well, tricky. I mean, tinky tack penalty is what I mean, but but we'll take it the then mills hits new waiver wire pickup oj howard the juice is loose uh sean when you pick up a bills player named oj no you got to say that right
0: <laughs> <laughs> i uh i i think he'll probably take that nickname but uh you know we i thought oj howard's had a at a had an okay career to this point you know to me he's been kind of mr steady he's maybe been a a guy who has yet to take that next step, man, I know it's early, but you know, you hit him twice for a couple of touchdowns today. And when he's been a part of this team for less than a week and a half, that's really impressive. I saw Tyler Johnson was going to be inactive. I fully expected OJ Howard to be inactive as well, because all week long we'd asked, On if those two guys are ready to contribute and we've gotten a lot of blase answers like, well, you know, they got a lot of catching up to do and we can never really pinpoint like on who's more ready than the other. Obviously, today, you know, with OJ Howard, we were able to see um, that he can be an absolute weapon in the red zone. And until somebody takes those opportunities away from him, whether it be Farrah Brown, who actually came up with the first completion from Davis Mills today, or if it's Brevin Jordan, who had, you know, a couple of really good uh, opportunities to make some big plays today, just, um, I, I, I guess maybe Mills was looking in a different direction, and then we caught one really good pass on the sidelines, but They have a lot of work to do because O.J. Howard looked very natural in that position today. And I think he came in already the better, obviously more experienced tight end, more successful tight end. I'll be I'll be very interested to see uh, his progress going forward in this system, because I think he's going to be a really a guy that we talk about all season long.
1: Yeah. And people need to remember this guy was a first round pick just five years ago, torn Achilles two years ago, probably just getting back to 100 percent. Definitely a story to keep an eye on. Next Colts possession, Jerry Hughes. Strip sack, just couldn't recover, but the defense forces a punt. Texans final possession of the half. They couldn't get into field goal range, Sean. But what was painfully obvious, we finally have a coach who knows how to use timeouts and manage a clock, and that was refreshing. It really was. Um, There was nothing, you know, just to that point, there was not one thing today
0: that I could point to as just egregious or dumbfounding. Um, on behalf of a coach's decision, you know, or game management. And that's something I was really not surprised by, but pleased with, um, because we'd saw it during the preseason. It just looked like a really well-organized, well-put-together team that as much as they talk about fundamentals and expecting the simple things to be done the right way with the players on the field, a Lovey Smith head coach team you know, typically has done and looked just like that over the course of the years. I mean, whether it's been with the Bears or the Bucks, no matter who it's been with, that's a well put together team. They're going to look like professionals. You're not going to see too many players on the field and running and scampering around. It's going to be organized. And so that's what I was pleased with today.
1: Hold that thought. I I might disagree with you, but I'm going to get to it in a second. But love the first call of the second half, the flea flicker. Sets up a field goal. Beautiful stuff by Pat. Best call of the game for him. I'm going to get to his worst call, I think, later on. Colts first possession of the half. The Texans catch a break. Matt Ryan fumbles the snap on third down. Kirksey recovers, which leads to O.J. Howard's second touchdown. And Davis Mills, it's the first time this year we've seen him in a rhythm. We didn't see it the preseason. It finally looked like he had, had things going for, for a brief period right there.
0: Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I was glad to see that because just a few moments before that, you know, Mills, uh, when the Texans were beneficiary of a roughing the passer penalty, when he was looking for um, uh, Chris Moore on a on a completion, um, he he took a couple of, you know, good knocks today, was able to put it together, get in a little rhythm and find O.J. Howard again, as you mentioned right there. It was good to see him uh, in a rhythm and being able to play. And to me, that really showed um, us all something for the first time in his career. Um, coming in as the first game of the season, it's very important because you can excuse away a lot of the success that Mills had last season, whether it be a Chargers game or the Rams game, with it being garbage time and point some to some stats like that. To me, it was important to see him play really well early today because both teams are looking to go one and up. And that's it's the first game of the season. That's the most important thing. There's no garbage time here. And that was that was really a big takeaway for me is to see Mills have that early success and and play with a lead. All right. I'm going to counter some
1: of what Sean says a little bit later. I know where then. you're
0: I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah We're going to get to it. Colts and expedition three and out. Big defensive play was great coverage by Stephen Nelson on a go route. He had a beautiful game. Two major special teams mistakes. One from each team. Desmond King doesn't fair catch the punt. It's down at the one, but Texans get bailed out because after a three and out, the Colts called for roughing the punter. The Texans drive to the 35. They punt instead of going for the field goal. Were you good with that? Were you Because, you know, field goal now, we look back and it wins the game. You're talking about. uh... They tried to get the offsides penalty on that play. But, I mean, they're like, I want to say it would have been about a 51, 52 yard field goal. And I mean it would have been a, fifty
0: three. It would have been a fifty three yard field goal. And I was okay with that at the time because I said, okay, well, if you miss it, then your defense had already been on the field for, you know, uh quite a bit at that point in time. Like go ahead, punt, see if you can pin them deep. Yeah, your defense may be a little gassed there, but you take your chances there rather than giving up great field position to the Colts at that point in time.
1: Yeah, I guess I just feel like it's indoors Uh, if you've got an NFL kicker, he should be able to hit a 53-yarder. And you could practically ice the game because three touchdowns at that point gets really hard, whereas two touchdowns and a field goal, which is all it took to tie the game, is a different story. Now, the next possession, the Colts drive to the five, but three straight defensive plays in the secondary. And I got to say, Desmond King, Jonathan Owens, Derek Stingley, it's the best goal line stand by the Texans secondary in their history. I've watched... Every single game for 20 years, and that's the best. Man,
0: that's going back. I'll trust your memory on that one, and so I can't compare, but I will say this. uh, I I tweeted at the time that the coverage by Nelson – no not Nelson, I'm sorry, but by Stingley and Owens on that goal line stand, those back-to-back plays, especially that last one, it was tremendous. I mean, you can't teach it and execute it better than that. You talk about guys being in position, being physical – Um, really understanding how to use their bodies and get their hands and their arms in the way and defending passes. That was, that was really fun to watch. And um, I I thought that was momentum that they were going to continue to build off of. And
1: unfortunately they couldn't hold it. So that leads to this, the play that I think pretty much cost them the W Davis Mills doesn't see EJ speed coming. He's blindsided, but you look at the replay, Laramie Tunsil, your veteran Pro Bowl caliber traded two first round picks and a second round pick tackle boneheaded mental error helps out on the inside guy let speed run right by him you were in the locker room what did they say about that
0: I, I was there with tonsil and all tonsil said you know those are things that uh, you know we just got to clean up it's the NFL um, you know very blase answer and he actually said a little bit more than I thought he was about it you know he's not a guy that's going to stand up and be presentable to the media he sat down he was pretty bummed out. He said that basically the game felt like a loss to him uh because they'd played so well in the first half and just weren't able to uh remain consistent and put the uh, pedal to the metal, keep their foot on the gas, so to speak, in the second half. But you could tell. I think it was I think I asked him the question actually, um, whether it whether or not, like as a player, if he felt a momentum shift take place at that point in time. And he said, hey, man, you know, that's the NFL, it happens, we just got to be cleaner, we got to play better, you know, something like that. But you could tell he was very disappointed in himself. And that was a play. I, this is, I think, where you were going to go, right, unless you're thinking of another example. When I tell you that a Lovey Smith team is well-organized and they know where guys are going to be, it was that play where they'd sent a guy in motion, And I don't know if it was designed like this. It didn't look like it, but they'd sent a slot receiver in motion and then redirected him back. I think that is a contributing factor and maybe the factor on that play, whereas maybe it's a different blocking scheme. Maybe Tunsil has a different key if, in fact, the receiver is opposite his side, which would have been to his right versus his left. Maybe he has the key on that defensive end in that situation, if the receiver is on the opposite side, but because he came to the same side, maybe he was expecting a crack or something like that. I don't know, but I think that was a contributing factor. So that was a little disorganization, maybe the second time that we saw it in today's game. And unfortunately it cost him.
1: Yeah. I'm going to get to what I think on Lovey and the coaching staff a, a little bit later, I'm going to sum it all up uh, at the end, but Jonathan Taylor gets a touchdown Colts within seven one first down and punt Colts drive down the field behind Taylor. Then it's Ryan to Pittman touchdown ties the score. I mean, not a whole lot to say except they just had lost all momentum at that point. So I want to go to Davis mills and cooks on the next possession. There's a bad miscommunication on a third down pass. I don't know who it was, but Sean, this is where we've got to get to Damian Pierce. And I don't know if this was a pep Hamilton or a Levy Smith decision But Burkhead playing way more than Pierce was ridiculous. Number one, you ain't going to the Super Bowl this season. Number two, you ain't any good if Rex Burkhead's your main running back and you've got to figure out what he can do. I don't know why you're wasting time running the ball with Rex Burkhead because towards the end of this game, it should have been Pierce because that's the guy that's got the juice and that. You know, might have been able to get you a big first down, broken one, open, change the game. I, I just I'm, I'm really angry about that because this isn't just about this game, which I thought Pierce gave you a better shot at some stuff. And I understand he's less experienced, but you're going to have to live with his mistakes, just like you're going to have to live with Davis Mills. And, you know, it's not like you're going to go, well, we're going to put out the vet- veteran Jeff Driscoll out there because he's the veteran. So why are you doing that with Rex Burkhead over Damian Pierce?
0: Well, the explanation was very simple, whether you agree with it or not. Um, Upon going into the locker room um, after the game, we all quickly ran to Damian Pierce, and Pierce was still in full uniform at that point in time. Uh, Rex Burkhead was dressed, and they directed us to Burkhead first. So we talked to Burkhead first, and I think that's important because if we would have talked to Pierce First, I think we would have asked Burkhead about that situation. And maybe it's on me. Maybe it's on us just, you know, as as media members not asking this question to Rex Burkhead. But I say that because when we asked Damian Pierce if he was a little upset about not being utilized as much late in the game, in particular on that third and one, fourth and three situation where the Texans punt the ball away um, and give the Colts another opportunity, they're late instead of going for that first down and, you know, trying to win the game and end it there, Damian Pierce said, look, you know, I wasn't upset. Um, you know, Rex is a veteran. Um, and, you know, it's to my benefit, not being able to go in there and think as much almost admitting that he's, he doesn't understand a lot of uh, the blocking yet that is going to be asked of him as a run, running back. That Rex does. He's more comfortable with that. He's a veteran. He understands those protections more. Thus, that's why he was in the game more in that situation and in those later game situations like that. If we would have been able to talk to Pierce about that first and then get to Rex, I'd be interested to hear Rex's explanation as well and whether or not he felt that way too. Because leading up to this game, we'd seen Damian Pierce on the field for I don't know how many snaps, but he'd gotten 11 carries and looked very impressive running the ball and even pass blocking Robert where he'd sent that guy airborne. I think it was a new Orleans Saint, right? Um, And he, it was fine. Small sample size. I get it, but it's like we all assumed that he could handle all aspects and responsibilities as a running back in an NFL game. But then for him to say that after this game today, I was just kind of a little taken back because at the end of the day, you're trying to win a game. You want your best guy out there. And Lovey Smith said, Damian Pierce is our best running back rookie, not a rookie. He's the best guy. We're going to have him out there. Why don't you have him out there in the biggest situations? That was a little bit of a head scratcher.
1: Yeah. It's just amazing to me that Rex Burkhead got more carries and I just don't understand this idea that Damian Pierce can't be out there a little bit more and be given the football in those situations. Yeah. He had a bad uh, pass protection at, at one point in the game but we've also seen him have good ones. He's going to make those mistakes. You're going to have to live with that, just like you're going to have to live with all your rookie's mistakes. Derek Stingley, Jalen Petrie, all those guys were playing major today. And, you know, Damian Pierce, you know, yeah, there's going to be times where he's going to screw up, but there's also going to be times where he's going to make plays, and there's plays that he can make that Rex Burkhead in his wildest dreams couldn't make. And so, I mean, luckily the Texans stopped the Colts on defense. It goes to overtime. And to me, there's two storylines for this game. One was Pierce. The other one was Davis Mills looked terrible on the last couple of drives in regulation and the first drive in overtime. This was the first test of the season for Davis's future. And he failed on many levels, you know, not getting the ball away and taking sacks, uh, missing guys badly on passes. And you could say, well, it's Brandon Cook's fault. Who am I going to believe? Brandon Cook's. You know, is the problem the veteran guy that gets a thousand yards every season or Davis, you know, overthrowing guys? He just looked like he was not ready for the moment. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not surprised that he didn't look
0: ready for the moment, Robert. I mean, in, in a game like this, how many of them has he actually played in? You know, uh, this is a character building um, moment for him. Now I think it's important where he goes from here, because how many opportunities last season did he have to play in a game like this, uh-huh. that, um, you know, was tied and you're trying to win a game and avoid overtime or it's tied in overtime with less than two minutes and you've got to make plays. You've got to get the ball out quickly. If there's one thing you can't do, it's not take a, it's taking a sack. And so I, I think, let's, you know, remember this game and the next 16. Now let's judge. Now we can fairly judge the progress or regression that we're going to see or not going to see from Davis
1: Mills. And I hope he's in enough situations this year where we can, you know, you're not always going to be in a situation where it's fourth quarter and it comes down to the end or an overtime. And I just hope we get to see that because, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, the NFL, it's, it's a long season, but it's not a long season. <laughs> You're right. You're right.
0: It, things go very quickly, but you know, that's why these guys, we hear it every single year, every, every down, every series is treated as, you know, the most important one. And so if it's the first quarter of next week's game in Denver, and it's, Tied up seven to seven. I mean, you're trying to still do the same things. It comes down to executing fundamentals. Just as they talked about it defensively, it's the same thing offensively. They're trying to get the ball out quick. That was a big point of emphasis this preseason and in training camp that they said Davis Mills has actually approved upon. And I think we could all attest to that. And we'd seen Mills get rid of the ball more quickly. Today, I thought it was a little bit interesting is that, you know, maybe defense has paid a little bit more attention to. You know, the route concepts of um, a Damian Pierce or Rex Burkhead, um, or maybe even some of those slot receivers running those underneath routes would would typically be there for checkdowns for Mills, maybe weren't today. Mills gets a little rattled, tries to hold on to the ball, hopes somebody flashes open, has to take a couple of three sacks, unfortunately, and two big ones that really cost the Texans and Davis Mills in particular today. Those are things that they can get better at. But I will say this, as much as we're going to criticize, and rightfully so, you know, some of the plays that weren't made and some of the plays that were, um, the coaches didn't pitch a perfect game today in terms of play calling or, uh, you know, I really don't think Pep Hamilton uh, went back to the well enough today. Some of the things that worked really well in the first half that had the Colts looking absolutely lost, I don't think he went back to it. And those are things that you've got to check mark on your play card and say, you know what? Yeah, that worked really well. Let's do the same damn thing, but we're going to run it to the opposite side. Or, you know what? I'm going to run it again until you stop us.
1: You got to my next point. Coltsmith's a field goal in overtime, but the big thing I wanted to ask you about third and one, Pep Hamilton calls unsexy Rexy with an uninspired third and one call. And I was just like, well, you know, why? If you're going to have Rex out there in that situation, I'm passing the ball. I'm not running the ball with Rex in that situation. Don't be so predictable, okay? They told
0: everybody in that building what they were going to do. They stacked the line. They had a two tight end set. Everything was bunched. You had Rex in the game. If you're going to run the ball on third and one, fine do it. Don't telegraph it. Spread something out. Let's see motion. See what coverage they're in. Rex is best utilized when he's in the stretch, when he can run outside zone, right outside zone, left. If you want to run them up the gut and get a good push, totally understand that, but spread things out with that. What they allowed the Colts to do there by bunching everything up is you brought more guys into the box. You loaded it up with linebackers, brought down a safety and you still tried to run it up the b or the c gap i can't remember but you know what what you didn't leave yourself enough room for error there and unfortunately it was just telegraphed i mean i would have really loved to see pep get creative
1: there i like the set not in that situation spread the field i think as much as you possibly can right there yeah yeah and i felt like you could see it because the way they were set up but anyway I, I just want to talk about like big picture because you were talking about the coaching and the Texans. I thought I agree with you. They look far better coached than I've seen in years and years for the first three to three and a half quarters. Then we went to offensive line miscommunication. See Laramie Tunsil, not on the coaching staff. I think that was on Laramie Tunsil, but receivers not ready for snaps penalties galore on receivers. Just not ready. You know, I don't know what was going on with that poor play calling. Like we just said, Bad quarterback play. That's a little bit more on Davis Mills. But, you know, this is all, all and we've seen all of this, like poor use of personnel. We've seen all of this with the Texans over the years. It's not an issue with Levy, but, you know, just a little bit wary of some of these things that they just kind of all fell apart. Everything that they were doing right for three and a half quarters. And it was like, man, this looks like a whole new. I've never I haven't seen this team play like this since the Kubiak era, maybe. And then it just falls apart. I'm really not surprised by that
0: just with the way that this team is constructed. You know, uh, I know there were some veterans that made some mistakes. You mentioned tonsil. I think that was absolutely on him, maybe missing uh, a miscommunication on a call there, um, you know, and letting, I forget who came free. It was EJ speed on that uh, blind side uh, sack fumble. Speed on kills, Speed kills, 100%. Um, that, but there was some, there was some guys there that, whether you're veterans or not this is a first year in pep hamilton's offense there's going to naturally be some mistakes and you giving you're in the process of giving up a game like that i think it's it's innate it's natural you begin to press a little bit you don't execute your fundamentals you know it's just you're just reacting you're just reacting they it's going to take some time and just reps for them to understand that hey yeah, we were up 20 to three, so what? It's 20 to 20, it's one down, it's one snap, let me execute, focus in. And that just comes with practice. In and in, whether you're seven years in, 13 years in, or seven months into your NFL career, that just comes with practice and being familiar and understanding what everybody else on the field is going to do and needs to do and is doing uh, for that particular down. I, I, At the end of the day, I came away, feeling, you know, pretty satisfied with what I saw today because I, I thought the Texans all along were going to have an opportunity to win this game coming in. The absence of Shaq Leonard, um, you know, was was huge. Like maybe this Colts defense looks world times better, you know, with Leonard in. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, but it certainly felt like the Texans were preparing for him to play all week long. Um, so they were ready for that. It sounded like it at least. I just want to see this team and how they re rebound over the course of the next two, three, four weeks, because as they'd said coming into the regular season, you're going to figure out a lot about this team very quickly over the course of the first month, month and a half.
1: The only thing I haven't mentioned is uh, that I was thinking about was Nico Collins, one target basically, or maybe two targets and one reception, I think. And you think that's a Davis Mills issue where he got zeroed in a little bit on Brandon cooks, but I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say that because he, he looked for Conley quite a bit too.
0: Yeah, I I can't. I I I actually said it to uh, somebody in the press. I think I was talking to Clint Sterner in the press box during uh, halftime. It was it was Sean Pendergast actually, and I'd said I want to go back and look at this game in particular, the first half because the first target was the first catch by Nico Collins with like forty some odd seconds left, I think, in the first half, and I want to know if that was, you know simply by design, like they were trying to spread the ball out. Maybe everybody anticipated, maybe they anticipated them game planning more for Nico and cooks and they were looking more for Moore and Conley and Burkhead in the backfield, which we saw plenty of in the first half. Or if it was a situation where Nico just simply had problems um, creating separation and getting open. What I did start to notice is that Nico seemed to be, uh, and I'm talking about my my memory from like mid to late second quarter. He seemed to be running a lot of his routes down the field, trying to take a safety with him, maybe to free up, you know, the intermediate underneath crossing route, um, you know, for the Texans, which Mills unfortunately wasn't able to hit. Uh, I don't think really at all uh, in this game. But that's going to be an interesting follow. I, I think he'll be able to spread the ball around. Today still felt like a very experimental-type game for me offensively uh, with Mills and the Texans. I like what I saw. I like the organization. I like the discipline. I like the creativity. I like the fact that he moved the ball around. But you're going to find out who your dudes are. And you know Cooks is a dude. The question really becomes is, what can Moore do for you? What can Conley do for you? What can Dorsett do for you, who wasn't on the field very much today? But at the end of the day, it becomes what is Nico Collins going to do for you? And for you to figure that out, he's got to find a way to get open, and you've got to find a way to get him the ball.
1: We probably missed a couple of things, but we're going to stop for right now. Uh, just I, I think this is a a good game for the Texans to start off with. Colts division favorite by a lot of people. They were up twenty to three going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they didn't pull it out, but they looked really good. They played really sound football. I agree with everything Sean said. It's pretty much right on the nose. Uh, just, I just didn't like what I see the last, you know, half a quarter at overtime, but yeah, who did? Yeah. A lot of that was Davis Mills and, you know, him, him, you know, being on the learning curve, like, like uh, Sean said, we are going to do this again next week. But in the meantime, I've got U of H Cougar guest and, and so much more coming this week. We're going to preview the, the game for next week as well. So keep an eye out for that. Just want to thank you again, Sean. It's at Sean Bajani. Thanks again, brother.
0: Appreciate you, Robert
1: you're listening to houston sports talk hey you can support the show by subscribing on youtube and commenting on the videos listen to houston sports talk on spotify apple stitcher and google don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media spread the word everybody thanks for listening